0: Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. We previously released an episode entitled Up Close and Personal, where I answered questions about my life and my experience of the world. After that episode dropped, I received a lot more questions that indicated it would be helpful to film another episode where we discuss how my experience and perspective have changed as I've continued to release more distortion patterns and my frequency vibration increases. After today's discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help to begin to clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's get started. Dennis?
1: You know, the other day, Karen, we had fun with that session where we did kind of a up close and personal, mm-hmm. and kind of took a look inside your world. Mm-hmm. And I know you've gotten a lot of questions since then that we weren't, you know, able to cover in mm-hmm. the first one. So what I've got is a list of some additional questions. Okay. We're going to go a little bit deeper.
0: Okay. Are you okay? Yeah.
1: Okay. So the first one is, what is your emotional state like?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the second part of that is. Do you still have emotions?
0: Yeah. So I—that uh, question's a great one because a lot of people confuse neutrality with non-emotional. Okay. So because I talk about neutrality all the time, as a state that we move towards as we complete ourselves and spiritually and internally and all that good stuff. And as we become more neutral, we become less dependent on external validation as a way to feel good about ourselves or worthy or loved, etc. So. When I talk about neutrality, people often assume that it means non-emotional. So uh, having, knowing me, I think you know that's not true. (laughs) There's uh, there's, there's, a few emotions still. And if my husband Chris were here, he'd be laughing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, yes, of course, I still have emotions. What I would say is that my emotions tend to be more present-time emotions. I used to, uh, when I before I began frequency work, I used to project my emotion, meaning that I would be excited about things in the future or I'd worry about things in the future. So I wasn't very here in the present moment very often, experiencing whatever I was experiencing. I was always projected into the future time. Does that make sense on something that hadn't happened yet? And I would actually worry a lot or get anxious or, like I said, get excited about something. And then whenever I got to the thing, I would kind of be disappointed because I was so excited about all these things, I built it up in my head and then I got there and I was like, Because it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. So what I'd say is my emotional state now is much more present time. Um, There, it's not as I'm. I'm much faster at um, catching when I go into what I would call a negative emotional state, or if I'm anxious or worried or whatnot. I'll actually notice that much more quickly than I used to. Before, I just got sucked into the anxiety, the worry, the stress, and I was just in it. Yeah. Now, I, I don't get pulled into it so much. So I'm in it for yeah. just a few minutes, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? What's, yeah. what's happening with um, the distortion patterns, what's happening with what's going on within me, like what's happening. So where, where is the lesson? Where, what can I learn from this? So that happens really quickly that you move out of it. So yes, of course I experience emotions. They also can be very uh, revealing like, Oh, I still need to clear this. Oh, I'm noticing I'm getting triggered around this. So it's really helpful to have that so that you can learn. And I feel like emotions are great. And I would say that, um, uh, The motion, so what I've noticed is emotional range has changed. So meaning that as you become more neutral, it's sort of, the range is less extreme. Does that make sense? So it's less like Mm. super high excitement, super low depression. Does that make sense? It's much sort of more narrow, the range, and it's more clear in a way because it's much more grounded in the present moment. So when you do experience joy or happiness or excitement, it's very visceral because you're I'm experiencing it now yeah. as opposed to projecting it. So yeah, definitely have emotions.
1: Can I insert an yeah. observation? Sure. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I've noticed in yeah. the time that I've is that uh, you don't get as attached to the emotion. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, if frustration or something like that comes up, mm-hmm. it doesn't linger. Right. It doesn't paralyze you. Yeah. Oh, frustrated. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy <laughs> that, but you know, it's like it passes. Yeah, yeah so. it does. Yeah. 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 OK. It's really cool. Here's and you're a, talking
0: about, you notice this in yourself, you mean.
1: <laughs> you know, you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, here's a good one. What state is your mind in right now? Mm -hmm. Is it empty? Is it passing thoughts? Is it of a state of bliss,
0: right? <laughs> you know, at, at this moment, we should ask Chris if the state of my mind is bliss. Um, yeah, I'm not making light of it, it's just that when you have a, a partner who knows you very well, they, they
1: he, gets all the states, <laughs> he gets all the all, states, all 50 states. Yeah, he
0: gets, he gets all of it, right, all right, yeah. So, anyway, um, the state of my mind the state of my mind is, first of all, much more still than it ever has been, okay. which to me is such a liberation because i used to have a mind that talked all the time incessantly loudly in a very structured commanding way <laughs> i had a very strong mind okay that's how i was raised my mind was there to help me succeed <laughs> that is the function of the mind okay so and also, also the thing that my um, father uh raised me towards is always to anticipate, to see clearly and anticipate what might happen. So again, that's a future paced thing. Does that make sense? Because you're always ready.
1: Be ready. Mm -hmm.
0: Be ready. So he um, taught me that. So part of what has happened is I've unlearned that, if that makes sense. So meaning my mind is much, much, much more still, which I'm extraordinarily grateful for. That in itself is worth the whole thing. Um, Does my mind chatter still? Yes. And what i will say is i'm going to back up so everyone thinks of a frequency vibration that we occupy as a single state like you ping into that frequency vibration and there you are constant at all times it's not like that it's like your free it's your frequency vibration is more of a bandwidth okay so that that it occupies now how tired you are or how good you're feeling impacts where you are in that band. Does that make sense? So if I'm really really exhausted because I haven't been sleeping well or I'm feeling detoxy or whatever, then the mind chatter will go up. The feeling, the emotional stuff will happen more, that type of thing. If I'm feeling really good because I've slept more, I'm eating really well, whatever, you know, then of course, I'm higher in my in the range of my frequency vibration, right? So, what I would say is generally speaking, my mind is still I have, um, I don't. It's, I'm using my mind more as a tool than being enslaved to my mind. If that makes sense. So before my mind would tell me to do all these things, I, had to, I was constantly planning, constantly. I was spreadsheeting and that type of thing. Now what happens is that my mind is more of my tool. So as you, as you know personally from me, I actually produce a lot of work, mm-hmm. and it's because when I'm working, I'm actually extremely focused. I'm not really thinking about anything else. I'm just in, in it. I'm kind of, like, kind of in the zone that athletes talk about, but it happened to be in the zone of whatever it is I'm doing. And it doesn't really matter if I'm working or if I'm cooking or if I'm, I don't know, painting. It's kind of the same focus which occupies all of me, which is a really lovely feeling because you kind of can you know, immerse yourself in whatever it is because it's so present. So I'd say the quality of it is a much higher resonation. It's much more fulfilling. You can get a lot more done And you're not as subject to the mind chatter, which is the thing that I feel is more draining. So I guess to answer that question, uh, bliss, um, I I do experience bliss.
1: There's moments. There
0: are moments of it. Exciting. Exciting, exactly. And the other thing too is it's not static. Everyone thinks, okay, well, I'm going to achieve whatever, I don't know, thing that you think you're going to achieve, awakening or whatever you think that you're going to get to, and then all of a sudden you're going to be awakened all the time forever. It's not like that. You experience moments of like real extraordinary mm. presence and then you come back into your regular human existence, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you come back in and you experience it for longer. It's kind of like that. Yeah. So it's not like instant on and instant off. You're human. So you're yeah. going to like vary it and yeah. the periods of time that you can stay in these moments where you have stillness in your mind or real focus or whatever gets longer and longer and longer.
1: So, Very good. Yeah. so here's uh you know, in these segments we talk quite a bit about patterns mm-hmm. and, and breaking patterns. Yeah. And you know, so um do you feel like you have cleared all <laughs> of your patterns? Uh huh. <laughs> there should be an aspect by all these. <laughs>
0: so
1: so yeah. or do deeper patterns still surface? Yeah as you go deeper into the work?
0: Yeah, okay, so this is a really wonderful question because um, people assume that once they reach a certain point that all their distortion patterns will disappear. It's like, whew. done, check, they're all gone, woo, celebrate, party time, right? It's not like, really like that. So here's the thing, until you return and merge into the oneness, you're gonna have distortion patterns. So I'm just gonna back up. A distortion pattern, it sounds like a negative thing. And we talk about it as if it's negative. Yes, it's anything that individuates you or separates you from the oneness or the all that is. Okay, so as soon as you become embodied, you have distortion patterns. You have to. That's what creates form. So I'm always going to have distortion patterns. We all will. Okay, until we um, disembody and return back to the all that is. So you're going to have them forever. Uh, They're not necessarily bad. They keep you in density or form. Do I and to answer the second question, do I uncover deeper patterns? Yes, yes. So again, I'm gonna go back to distortions and filters and how they work. Okay, and we address this in another segment, but I'm gonna repeat it again because I think it's helpful for people. Okay, so between us and our spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length around us there are sometimes hundreds of distortion patterns. And the distortion patterns, to me, look like the filters on old-school cameras, okay? So they have different, you know what I mean? Like you could yeah. put like red or blue or orange in front of the lens and it would change yeah. what the picture you took was, right? Yeah. Well, similarly, the distortion patterns are in a sphere around you. They're not just linear, okay? So they're all around you, like in a little sphere. Yeah. And they have different thicknesses and different opacities and they have different... Um, um, uh, yeah, so let's just call it that. And what happens is that we have a lot of them. Okay. And they tend to appear around certain things more than others. And we have a lot. So I said, like I said, you have some between your physical body and between your spirit body sphere spirit arms, length all around you and then between the spirit body and pure source, which is all around that. So we have lots of them to clear lots. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter how many you remove. What happens is, okay, so it doesn't, it's not like you're gonna remove them all what happens, however... I'm starting
1: to get a little depressed. I know, here. I know. I'm getting there. It's like, oh my. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. Sounds like,
1: sounds like the closet is really full. It
0: is. Yeah. is. I'm speaking for me. Okay. Closet was really
1: full. <laughs> and
0: what I will tell you is, from my experience, is you don't have to remove all of them for your experience to shift, to get better, to become more amazing. You just have to remove enough for the, your experience to start to change, for you to feel different, for your world to start to shift. You don't have to eradicate all of them for to experience that. That is my point. So I know I started down the depressing road and I get that. And my point simply is you don't have to get rid of them all to experience a a shift, a a significant upward shift. And even to experience what I would call spherical abundance or spherical luminosity doesn't require that you remove all of them. It just requires that you remove enough of
1: them. Yeah. And I think the folks that are doing work with you and that are listening to mm-hmm. this, they become aware of the fact that over time, yeah. I'm starting to feel this. Yeah. And it's hard to put words on it, Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It takes time. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. And for some people, it's really fast. There's some people I work on and then within a session, they feel totally different. It just depends on you. Yeah. Okay.
1: So this is a little, we're going to go back a little ways okay. here. Okay. Um, did you train in healing modalities? Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a relationship question between frequency work, what, what you're focused on now, and other modalities. When it comes to effectiveness and helpfulness, would you consider frequency work maybe the highest level of healing work one can achieve? You know, you've done other work.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you other... repeat this? That you repeat the second question, please.
1: Okay. So, what is the relationship between frequency work mm-hmm. and other modalities?
0: Okay. Great. Thank you.
1: Does that so, help? yes, it does okay. help
0: because I was you. I wasn't quite sure what okay. you were saying. Thank you. All right. So, have I? Okay. I'm going to answer them in sequence. Okay. I think I I, I have done Reiki. I actually s- studied that and did the whole course thing. That's the only modality that I've actually. <laughs> Huh?
1: Did you do the tapping?
0: Uh, no. I haven't formally, uh, well, no, I haven't done a course on it. So I have a lot of interest in different modalities. Maybe that's uh... Okay. So I learn about different things like EFT. Mm -hmm. I have taken a lot of courses on them. I understand what the modality is. I understand how they work because I'm curious. So I know a lot about different things, but I don't have deep expertise and I haven't been trained in them formally. For example, like traditional Chinese medicine or whatever it is. Right. So I have a lot of things that I'm very into or like body talk or RPR or whatever I have things that I've become very curious about and I learn about because I feel yeah. like they're helpful to me as tools, but I haven't been trained in them formally to answer that question.
1: Okay. Perfect.
0: Okay. And the second was, what is the relationship between frequency work and healing modalities? Okay. I'm going to back up out of this question because the pres- there's an underlying assumption in this question that I want to address that I need to, to, to distinguish. Healing the way we think of as healing currently is a return of the body or the emotional state or the energetic state to what we consider to be healthy. Okay. I'm saying that in quotes for podcast people healthy. All right. Or normal. Okay. So, right. Does that make sense? Usually when you're healing, it's because somehow you were one way before, Something has happened to you, you are no longer that way, and you wish to return to that previous state. Got it. Right? Usually, when we talk about healing, that's typically kind of the paradigm. Yes? Okay. Frequency work is not about that okay? Frequency work is about a much higher level order. So healing currently usually is focused on the physical, sometimes emotional, mental, and sometimes on the energetic, especially when you get into things like traditional Chinese medicine and so on, when they're using meridians and qi and all that sort of stuff. Mm. It's still, however, bioenergy. It is connected to the all that is to some degree, but not all practitioners are doing that. Okay. So that's the traditional, I would say, from my perspective, I'm not saying that's the universal perspective, but when I perceive healing and how people talk about it, that's how they usually talk about it. Frequency work is at a much higher level order. The, it's not even a goal. The, because it's spirit level, it's at spirit level. My goal isn't to heal you, okay? It's not about that. The, the, it, this is about awakening into a higher level order, a remembering of who you are beyond the physical form. Okay, so as you do frequency work and release this distortion patterns, can the physical body shift? Can the emotional and mental body shift to a much better state? Yes, but it's not necessary that return to the way it was occur. Does that make sense? Because it's a higher level order. So on spirit level, it may be that as a soul or a being, you need to experience whatever this healing quote-unquote crisis is to awaken you into a higher level resonating order, to move you into a spirit journey. Does that make sense? That could be the purpose of the healing crisis, and I experienced one myself, so I am aware of this, right? So and wouldn't okay. you
1: say that most of the people that come to you
0: mm-hmm.
1: are because of that reason? They have experienced something that has mm-hmm. triggered them that there's got to be more or there's got to be something different or there's, yeah. I, I need to break whatever it is that yeah. I'm going through.
0: So I would say it's a mix. So mm-hmm. some people have a crisis, either like a financial crisis, a healing crisis, a relationship crisis, some kind of crisis yep. that catalyzes them to start to, to question or examine the way things are. Yeah. Can something be better in my world? And they start to explore different ways to see is there a different perspective? And then they stumble upon this, okay? Or they seem to stumble upon it. Some people just hear my voice and they want to work with me. Some people feel like there's something better and there's not no crisis that occurs. They're just like, something's missing. What is it? What is it? I'm looking for something. And then they hear me talk and there we go. That's the thing does that make sense yep. so it doesn't have to be a crisis yep. but i do that's true a number of people do come to me for that so what my point is simply that the return from spirit from spirit perspective i'm talking about a much higher perspective now i'm not talking about the humanness of it okay and i'm not saying that there isn't pain and there isn't like suffering that can happen in the physical body and there can be i'm not belittling it the purpose of spirit level is to catalyze awakening this is what your higher self has asked for Okay? This is what's caused you to be in front of me. Okay? There's no accident. You're not in front of me, meaning either in a group frequency w- calibration, or a live event, or a session, it doesn't matter. Okay? The reason you're in my field and receiving this is because your higher self is like, wait a minute, we've got to wake up. There's something I'm trying to get to, but I don't know what it is. Okay? And so that's the thing behind it. Now, as I mentioned, physical ailments can clear up. Different modalities can show up to you that relieve physical stuff. You start to eat better, you take care of your body in a different way. Emotional, mental stuff shifts, outlooks change, new ideas come in. Yes, all that stuff shifts, but that's not the outcome. And also, I'm not directing this, right? It's the healing modalities typically are, I've hurt my knee, fix my knee. This is the pain, fix it,
1: Boom.
0: take it back to where it was before, okay? When you, sit, when you come into frequency work, I can't direct it like that. It, it's, it's, not, it's not about me. Yeah. If it were, then I wouldn't be as effective, actually. I have to actually completely, the Karen, the persona, the human Karen, has to exit, really. Because it's not, does that make sense? Like, I don't have an agenda. Yeah. It's not, okay, I make it really clear I'm not channeling, yeah. I'm not a medium. But just in terms yeah. of my judgment, Karen, the ego identity, cannot be present. Does that make sense? I'm working yeah. from a much higher order. I'm actually following your higher self, so I can't be sitting there judging you, having my own framework of like what I think is right, wrong. It would slow it down. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there has to be a total surrender on my part to pure source and to the process, so that it can be from the highest level order. Because I, as a human individual, do not know what is best for you. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. So just to take that, that that was sort of a. roundabout answer but really truly is so frequency work to me can be about restoring physicality but it also can be much more than that it can actually cause you to catalyze into a greater level of awareness which could have tremendous ramification to you on the physical mental emotional realm for the better
1: what what i'm you know thinking about is in our western world in western medicine i came to you with my bad knee yeah so i'm going to determine the success of a couple weeks later how is my knee <laughs> yeah. and that doesn't really have a lot to do with the work that you're doing because yeah. you're doing it at a much higher, higher level. level yeah and you're talking about frequencies and yeah. moving distortions and breaking patterns and yeah all that know. stuff
0: yeah. and so
1: Yes, the knee may respond yeah. right away yeah. or six months later or a year later, Yeah, but you're at a much higher level. That's
0: right. And it's funny because some people who fixate on the physical pain, they're like, oh, well, it hasn't gone away totally yet. It's a lot better, but yeah. you know, my relationships are better, I've got a new job, I've moved into a new house, I'm feeling really good, but my knee isn't totally fixed yet. And so, but it's kind of, it's, it's interesting and I'm like, okay, but everything else in your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. like really yeah. so
0: it's it's interesting what we focus on yeah. right yeah. because that's the way healing is presented like take me back to where I was before and I'm my question is can you go better you
1: know, and, or or you know. maybe just the other side of that is that oh my Lord after the first session my knee was better I don't need to ever see you again
0: (laughs) you you know what I'm saying yeah and so you
1: have so much more to offer Uh you know with the work but oh no 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 the knees okay (laughs) so yeah I bet you get into a lot of different scenarios yeah Yeah. so okay here's here's a question that's very focused Mm -hmm. okay what is Mm -hmm. your greatest challenge
0: (laughs) greatest challenge my greatest challenge okay my greatest <laughs> challenge is to have discipline and stillness okay that's my greatest challenge is to uh, put aside time to do nothing and i am quickly learning that that discipline is required in order for me to serve at the highest level that i can and to be coming from the frequency vibration that it is the most resourced, the most inspired to serve the greatest number of people. So I have learned this. And so now what I'm doing is every few weeks I am taking um, in my calendar a few days off where I do nothing. And it's actually extremely important. And we've talked about why the just, can you get um, the episode on, can you get more done by being still? I spoke about it, and now taking a page from my own book <laughs> and doing it more consistently because it was more sporadic before. Um, so now that's that's I think my greatest challenge. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's wonderful is that with this work, I would say that I enjoy those spaces of stillness. Before it used to, I used to try and fill them all the time. So the lovely thing is now they can just be
1: empty. So you just said the word joy. So. The follow-up question was, what is your greatest joy?
0: Yeah. You know, I find the word joy fascinating. Some people are very triggered around the word joy. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that in some people, they don't know what joy is. And here's the thing, many people, Project something on the word joy. Like it's got to be this like massive thing where like angels sing and you're in this state of like amazing. I don't know. I don't know what they, right? It's just like, no, I'm serious. So they, so a lot of people will say, I don't really know what joy is because they have an idea, a mental idea of what joy is. And I'm not belittling it, I'm just saying that I've noticed that. So when you say, what's your greatest joy? My answer to that is like, what would your definition of joy be, right? So to me, um, my greatest joy is uh, very simple. It, honestly, this, this is going to irritate a lot of people and I'm aware of this.
1: <laughs> Do you mind if I step off? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to be part of it.
0: So honestly, it's when I'm really super present. Because everything opens in that moment. Wow. Honestly. And I, that sounds like, it's just like a Hallmark card answer, but it's yeah. totally true. Because when you're in that state of pure presence, then you can bridge the infinite and the physical. And that is amazing. Now, I don't know if it's joy, but it's freaking amazing. I don't know. Yeah. So my greatest joy, I, that's what I would answer to that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And to me, it's funny. When we release our distortion patterns, extreme happiness... And pleasurableness and moments of joy happen extremely easy. It really doesn't take very much it's, to it's, amuse me. It takes, takes very little. It <laughs> takes extremely little. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So I would say that um, it happens quite often.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and would you say, Karen, that that, like everything else you've talked about, has kind of evolved over time? Yes. Yes. So your definition of joy today is quite different than it was a oh, year yeah. ago, five years ago.
0: ago. Yeah. Ten yeah. years ago. Very, very yeah. different. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: Okay. yeah. Uh, humanity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How does working on humanity mm-hmm. actually impact you? Yeah. This is
0: a fantastic question because it's about synergetic ascension. This is the new consciousness coming in, okay? And, I've, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an episode entitled, What is Synergetic Ascension? So the wonderful thing about working on humanity um, through the people that I work on Okay, So what happens is that when I work with people and their distortion patterns are released, it has a ripple effect into the oneness. It happens. And if they are of a high enough order, it actually starts to unbind distortion patterns that are held collectively, which is really fantastic, which, may, which means, okay, what that means is that it's easier for other people in the future to release those distortion mm. patterns themselves because it's already been done by someone who's has a higher high enough vibration. Because okay? they set the stage for it. They set the pathway for it. Okay, So, to answer that question, what happens is when I work on people, which then have a ripple effect into humanity and into the oneness, what happens is my frequency vibration rises. I am buoyed by that. When I do that, then what happens is I'm at a higher level, which means that when I work on other people, and into humanity and the oneness, they are buoyed even higher. So it's, it's this reciprocal spiral, which is really amazing. So everybody's winning because there's no power grab. Like I don't have to oppress you in order for me to rise. In fact, the more I help you, the more my frequency vibration rises up, right? And that's to go back to that original question about healing, if there was the persona of Karen or there was like a desire on my part for a particular outcome for myself or anyone else it can't work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is really of a higher order. This is about surrender, yeah. like for real, not just like because I'm trying to get an outcome, to pure source. If not, it doesn't work. It's Yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think you probably have answered this last question okay. with that, but okay. just, just um, see what your thoughts are. How does your work on humanity impact the oneness yeah and so I think you just talked, talked about, about
0: that, that. yes yeah. so and I'm going to bring it down even to something more granular when I work on you you impact the oneness Okay, so meaning each individual I work on, whether you're sitting in front of me individually, it does not require an individual session. I mean, just make this extremely clear. You can be in a group frequency calibration, a live event, listening to recording, it does not matter. As soon as you are in the field of the frequency work and releasing your distortion patterns, what happens is it has a massive positive ripple effect into the oneness. Mm. The oneness shifts for the better. So when you do this work for yourself, there's a massive ripple effect the, to the oneness. And as your frequency vibration rises, you have even more of an impact into the oneness. When I work with some of my clients who do this work very consistently and are very vigilant with their con- confirmation of the deletion of their pattern, when I work, what I perceive when that happens, literally, almost instantly, the oneness shifts. They shift, the oneness shifts. The oneness shifts, they shift. It's like this reciprocal thing that happens Ooh. at the same time at that level it's phenomenal to witness and at some point more of you will feel that you'll be like whoa the oneness just changed because that person just changed it's amazing so as this new consciousness Mm -hmm. comes in we're going to start to perceive more of our relationship between ourselves and the oneness it's like whoa something just happened in the field oh it's because this person just released this i can feel it right that type of thing will happen not right now. No. It's going to, though. And it's really exciting.
1: And I can see where that ties to, I know you get excited about the group practices mm-hmm. and the mastermind. Mm-hmm. And so as you have these individuals shifting mm-hmm. and you know going to higher levels, mm-hmm. and then you bring that group together. Oh, it's and an then incredible. And it's just that amplifier.
0: Yeah, totally. Strong. Yeah, when we do accelerated masterclasses and the mastermind's really strong, even the, and the deep dives are incredibly powerful because the group keeps meeting over and over over a sequence of time, right? And it's the same mastermind, and they're clearing the distortions together. The amount of momentum that's created that is in really intense, and I, I, it's really hard to communicate this because it's like how do you describe something that's non-describable into words that are bound by time and are linear? But anyway, the the uh, honestly, there it's there are times when I almost can't speak because the the oneness is shifting so radically as the mastermind's shifting. I'm shifting. Does that make sense? We're all shifting. I just feel it differently than you guys do. And so it's like, wow. It's like kind of like, The oneness is shifting. It's shifting me. So I'm working. So it's all happening almost instantly. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like, where's my hand? You know, like, I don't, like, everything's moving in a really kind of awesome way. It sounds scary, but it's not. It's really cool, actually. (laughs) Because everything is being brought up to a higher order very, very fast. Yeah.
1: You know, I want to say thank you, Karen, for being willing to go deeper into kind of your world. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so important for all of us as we listen to this Mm -hmm is the fact that, you know, we are stepping into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of, you know, sometimes like, I'm not quite sure about this. Is this safe? You know, is it uh, a good path? Is Mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, is this where I want to go? So to hear you talk about your personal experiences and what you've seen and what you've felt and, you know, and the thing is, you're very human. Oh, totally. You have emotions yeah you have feelings (laughs) you you do have thoughts you know so uh because everybody's got kind of their concept of you know where does this lead me to yeah and so it's kind of comforting to see that you know
0: (laughs) still human we're still we're still human and but
1: we're now we're stepping into this world where we're having these experiences that are just like wow yeah it's awesome well thank you very much karen thank you Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that?
0: A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to Pure Source these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for up close and personal. The particular theme for this group frequency calibration is something that I call fundamental authenticity. So, um, with this concept, uh, it's to address that often we tend to be different versions of ourselves depending on who we're in front of. So we're different with our mothers, uh, we're different with our children, we're different from our co workers, our bosses, our clients, our I don't know, hobby buddies. Okay, we're different with the different people in our lives. Now, with fundamental authenticity, Uh, what happens is we come into more union. So a release from being these different versions of self into more freedom to be the true essence that you are. Okay. And however you express that. So that is the theme of today's group frequency calibration. So first becoming aware Of your body. Noticing the relative position of your hands and your feet. Noticing if they are in the same position, if you've done this before. Noticing if they are at ease if they're in tension in any way. Good. And now notice what the bottoms of your feet are touching. So if your feet or the soles of your feet are touching a surface, be it fabric, carpet, or the floor, or even your own skin, noticing the texture of that. And if the soles of your feet are touching the air, noticing the air, the temperature of it, the relative humidity of it, whether it is moving Just noticing what the soles of your feet are touching. Good. And now please become aware of your breath. Noticing the quality of your breath at this moment. Before you change it should you choose to do that. And as you notice your breath without judgment, taking this opportunity to deepen your breath now. To allow it to Enter not only your chest, but also your belly. Allowing it to become more deep, more at ease. Good. And now becoming aware of your surroundings. So, noticing the sound around you, other than the sound of my voice. Both on your end and on my end. And becoming aware of the smells around you. either from the space that you're in, and or from even an open window. Noticing the smells around you. Good. And now becoming aware of your throat space. and the lower back half of your skull. And as you become aware of these two spaces, let's take a deep breath here together, holding your breath in for a count of four. And then releasing all the air out of your lungs and holding your breath out for a count of five. And for those of you with a faster count, Keeping your attention on those two spots, breathing normally as we wait for the mastermind to coalesce. So those of you who are new, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And that I'll be making noises on my end. So you might hear me exhale sharply or yawn, or sometimes even hum. That's just how I remove the distortion patterns and more and more I'm working in silence as I access higher and higher frequencies. So I don't make physical noise in those cases because it lowers the frequency resonance, which doesn't serve you. So just know that if I am not making any noise and you can't hear me, I'm still working on you. Good. So now that the mastermind has coalesced and become coherent, we're going to ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, please notice or imagine And a brilliance that is at its very center, that intensifies because you have your intention on it. And for those of you who've been following this work for a while, you know what to do, so go ahead. And for those of you who are new, becoming even more aware of this brilliance as it intensifies, And as it intensifies, it moves outwards through all of your cells. Expanding out through your organs. Through your bone structure. Out through your flesh and your muscles. radiating further out through the pores of your skin into the space between your physical body and your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Good. And please really notice or imagine the brilliance within the sphere. And as you're aware of this brilliance, notice that the sphere may begin to vibrate or oscillate or shake from side to side. For some of you, it might even spin. For others, it will remain still. Just noticing what happens with the sphere. Good. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on spirit level to increase your frequency resonance, irrespective of what level you're at. A, so this session can be the most effective possible, because it's coming from the highest resonating order, and B, because you cannot yet come here on your own, it allows you to know where you're going, to entrain to your future self. Pushing us even higher in frequency resonance. Good. Becoming aware now, please, of your uh, hollow of your throat and your xiphoid process which is right at the base of your sternum. So your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body, right at the base of your sternum. If you were to trace your finger along it, you would reach a fleshy point right at the base of it that is tender when you press on it. That is your xiphoid process. So becoming aware of your xiphoid process and the hollow of your throat. Yeah. So the first distortion pattern that we are going to release is the, well, it depends on the subgroup you're in. So for a large one, there's a fear that you will not be accepted, worthy, loved, or seen if you don't uh, shift or uh, edit or modify who you are in order to be more pleasing to who you're in front of. there's another subgroup that we're also working on that is afraid of being judged if you don't conform in some way to the person that you're with in front of you Okay. And for a smaller subgroup, it's uh, punished if you're not conforming either behaviorally or perhaps even in how you think to some degree with the person who is in front of you. There's another small subgroup here for those of you who have no boundaries. Okay, you don't know who you are. You're um, everyone, everything that everyone wants you to be, but not really who you are. So uh, it changes in the moment. So helping you, in addition to the other two subgroups, to start to have an understanding or feeling of who you are, as opposed to what others want you to be. Bringing your attention now, please, to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. This is the frequency distortion of low self-worth and non-deserving of the free expression of who you truly are. Okay, your fundamental authenticity. If you don't feel worthy of um, being able to express this, or you're afraid of um, other people's judgment of it. So let's release all this. small subgroup of you that is afraid that if you show who you really are, as opposed to who you've been projecting, um, that they'll people will find out that you're not all that. Okay. I don't know what the all that is, but whatever that is. Bring your attention, please, to your xiphoi process and about an inch beneath it, or it's two and a half centimeters for those in metric. A tiny little space here. Mm -hmm. This is, um, well, two uh, frequency distortions that are intertwining. One is a judgment of self, okay? And the other is lack of trust in yourself, in your higher self, that is. Okay? So helping you with both of these things. If you're judging yourself, it's hard to be in fundamental authenticity. Likewise for lack of trust in self, in your higher self. Bring your attention now to your xiphoid process and three inches or about seven centimeters directly beneath it towards your belly button. Clearing out, resetting and integrating your pain body because your pain body has a memory of who you were before this session. So wiping it clean or resetting it so you don't bump into the memory that it has of you before the frequency work was done. Makes it easier, faster to integrate. We do this for just a couple more seconds. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.